Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. We're continuing our series called Honorable. This week's message is by Susan Garlinger. I get to welcome you back to our series we're calling Honorable, where we're looking at what it means to give honor. In fact, what is honor? Two weeks ago, Rod kicked us off and he gave us a definition of honor and we're going to review that in a little bit. Last week, Brian taught us that each and every one of us have someone in authority over us and that we're called to give them honor. This weekend, we come to honor your father and mother. And I want to humbly begin by asking If you're a mom, if you're a dad, would you please stand? We honor you. Thank you, young and old, no matter what age, what stage. We honor you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate you. For some of you, being a parent is maybe the greatest joy you've ever known. And then maybe for some of you, it's incredibly difficult. Maybe some of you waited years and years and years before you got to become a parent. And maybe some of you became parents long before you would have chosen to. Maybe you've become a parent through adoption. Maybe your child faces great difficulty. Whatever is going on, we honor you and we thank you for serving, for being mothers and fathers. I'm going to do something I've never done before and that's show you a picture of myself from high school. Yeah, was that laughter I heard? Now, don't let the bow fool you. I I appear innocent enough. But the truth is, at this time in my life, I was kind of cocky. I was pretty good at softball, pretty good at basketball, pretty good on the trumpet. And right about the time this picture was taken, my best friend and I ran on a ticket together, and we became the first female president and vice president of the student body at South Point High School in South Point, Ohio. We did that because we wanted to change the world. And if South Point High School was the world, some people would tell you we did a bang-up job. (laughs) What I'm embarrassed to tell you is during this time in my life, I actually looked right at my parents and said, you guys have it easy. You guys get to parent me, and then I named my siblings. You don't know how good you've got it. It, It's like you've hit the jackpot, how easy you have it. Well, of course, I wasn't realizing how they had to deal with broken bones and broken curfews and wrecked cars and all those other daily sacrifices they were making. I was young. Thought I had it all figured out, and I said, you guys have it way easy. But now imagine with me as the years roll by and I become a parent. I want to show you a picture of my kids. 
And I've purposely concealed their identities because of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> One of these angels, about a year and a half ago, in the winter, with a big puffy coat on, jumped off the dock at Riverfront Park into the Willamette River. And while it was still winter, my husband had to jump in after that child. It was over both of their heads, and it was awful. One of these little angels, before the age of two, dialed 911. And let me just say that Kaiser PD did not think it was funny when they came to our door that day. And then one of them, not very long ago, climbed up on the dining room table wondering what would happen if they unscrewed the chandelier from the ceiling. I won't even tell you about the sleepless nights, the medical bills, all the other things that I've learned as a parent. But what I will tell you is I did the only thing I could do. That was I phoned up my parents and said, I am so sorry for ever thinking you guys had it easy. Experience can be a great teacher, can't it? When we come to this topic of honor your father and mother in a group this size, probably some of us come at it with great experiences. Maybe some of us come at this topic just feeling kind of neutral. And maybe some of us come with very painful experiences. What I hope we're able to do as we're together is to dive into what was actually in God's heart when he instructed his people to honor their mothers and fathers. And then I want us also to take time to really think about how sin has messed this up. So even if you think you've heard this sermon a million times, I ask you to stay tuned in because I think we'll all be encouraged by the time we're finished. I want us to first look at our verse for the weekend, Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Maybe you didn't know those words came from the Bible. Or maybe you've had those words crammed down your throat. Or maybe you just read them and it's completely a positive thing for you. We need to really know what was in God's heart when he spoke them. Way back in the Old Testament, God's people all fled as refugees to Egypt during a great famine. One of them, a man named Joseph, was raised up to power. The king of Egypt put him in a great position so that when the rest of his relatives came, God clearly used Joseph to preserve these people. Time rolled on and Joseph and all of his brothers died. And Exodus chapter 1 tells us that a king came up in Egypt that didn't remember Joseph, didn't know all the good things about him. And that king of Egypt looked around and saw that God's people were vast in number. They were great and powerful and he became fearful. So he took them all in as slaves. And for 400 years, four centuries, God's people served under tyranny. They were slaves with harsh taskmasters over them. <clears throat> somebody told them when to get up, 
when to go to bed. Somebody told them what to wear, what to eat. Somebody told them what work they would do. They lived in bondage, enslaved to a king who did not honor them and did not honor their God. And God's people cried out to him for mercy and he heard their cries. He hadn't abandoned them. He hadn't forgotten them. And he raised up Moses, who if you read your Bible, you know God used Moses to rescue his people from slavery. Moses held up his staff and the Red Sea parted and God's people walked to freedom on dry ground. And for the first time in 400 years, these people were free. What would they do? How would they do it? Who would be their leader? They had no clue about life apart from slavery. God wanted them to be his people. God wanted them to be a people where he was their leader, where they related well to him and where they related well to each other. So there on the safe side of the Red Sea, God spoke what we call the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments were about a person's relationship with God. And the final six commandments were about a person's relationship with other people. And the first of these relate with other people commandments is the one we're looking at this weekend. Let's see it again. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. (coughs) The promise of longevity had to do with the durability of their society. It wasn't so much that if you do this, every single one of you will live into your 80s or 90s. No, God was speaking to them holistically that this has to do with your culture. It has to do with you as a people group. He spoke these words to them just three months after they escaped slavery. And Exodus tells us that at that time, there were about 600,000 men, not to mention all the women and children. So it's possible that close to 2 million people heard this message from God. And each and every one of them would bear responsibility for how they would live it out. Young children would need to wrestle with it. Teenagers would need to think it through. Young adults, middle adults, single adults, older adults, every man, woman, boy, and girl, all throughout the community, those whose parents had been like ogres to them, and those who had nothing but very positive experiences with their parents. They were all told to honor their fathers and mothers. I want us to stop here for a minute and review this definition of honor. It means to esteem, to show great respect, to ascribe weight, to value at a price. God wants us to esteem our parents because he has esteemed them. He wants us to show respect to them because of the positions he's given to them. He wants us to give weight to them because he's already given weight to them. He wants us to do these things because of his incredible love for family. 
J.I. Packer, a theologian, wrote on this topic. He said, what we must realize is that God, who is himself a father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ and of all Christians through him, he cares about families enormously. Packer went on to describe five reasons God had when he spoke these words, and I've summarized them for us to look at quickly. The family is the basic social unit. No nation is stable where family life is weak. The family is the basic spiritual unit. Parents can become their children's first pastors and teachers. Children can learn gratitude by honoring their parents, by giving weight to the role the parents play. Children need parental guidance more than they know. They make themselves poor when they reject it. Parents need the loving concern of their children just as the children need it from the parents. God has a great heart for family life. His instruction to honor fathers and mothers would be key to their success as a society. Many mornings this summer, my kids and I have started the day with a walk. My boy's in a jog stroller and my daughter by my side, and we have this two-mile loop, and we've talked on many topics on our morning walks. But one particular morning, Sarah was all about chickens. Chickens this, chickens that, chicken farming, maybe I'll be a chicken farmer. How much are eggs per dozen? What's the hen to rooster ratio? On and on and on she talked about chickens. And I'll confess, I really didn't have anything to offer. So I just kind of walked and listened. When all of a sudden Sarah said, Mommy, could we buy some chickens today? Now, because an older friend of mine whose children are grown has told me, say yes as often as you can to your kids, I was thoughtful about it. I thought about my neighbors. I thought about the fish we have and how they would be dead if I didn't take care of them every day. And as we walked, I said, no, sweetie, we won't be getting any chickens today. And then to cover my bases, I said, actually, we're never going to get any chickens. <laughs> and Sarah thought for a minute, and then she said, well, when I grow up and move out of your house, I can do anything I want, and I might get some chickens then. But then, and I'm not kidding you, she said, but don't worry, Mommy, I'll ask your judgment about it before I make my final decision. What parent could ask for anything more? My daughter, thinking of chicken farming in the year 2026, <laughs> presupposed that I would have something weighty, something meaningful to contribute. How can you and I do this day by day by day? How can we intentionally give weight to these people called mom and dad? How can we show respect more proactively? How can we do a better job of esteeming parents? I realize that for some of us, the mention of honoring mother and father 
brings very good memories. Some of you are in great places. Many of us in this room hopefully are in great places with this. We celebrate healthy family. Maybe you are part of a multi-generational family system where these things are in place and it's generation after generation of healthy family relationships. But I realize that for some, the mention of honoring father and mother might be a tough pill to swallow because of the incredible hurts you've experienced in relationship with your parents. And maybe your experience speaks louder than the biblical text right now. Maybe your parents abandoned you or neglected you or abused you. Maybe it was even done with words like, and the Bible tells you to honor me. Please hear me clearly. That was not Almighty God's heart behind these words. Nor was it his heart that you would be mistreated. Be sure, God hates abuse. And he knows your situation. The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, we often call it the wisdom book. Look at this with me, Proverbs 14, 16. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Perhaps you have a cautiousness about relating with your parents, and I think that could possibly be a good thing. God will help you apply wisdom to the situation. God intended that the family would be this safe, healthy, protective unit for every member. But for some, that's not how it went. And honoring father and mother will be different than it otherwise might have been. It will require very careful boundaries. Honor is not the same as obedience. Honor is not the same as blindly trusting. Honor is not the same as reconciled relationship. God may or may not choose to reconcile your parent-child relationship, but somehow it still has to be possible that you could learn to give some honor. Maybe even if it's from a distance, you'll learn to honor your parents. Maybe you still won't be alone with them. Maybe you won't let them be alone with your children. Maybe you'll send a card or make a phone call, but you won't yet go for Thanksgiving dinner. Another way to honor parents is to not excessively rehearse over and over the hurt that you experienced. But be careful to seek out that safe place to have those conversations. It will be vital to walking through the hurt for you. Maybe the best thing you could do to learn how to honor parents would be to work through with a counselor the pain that's associated with the abuse. Or maybe you would do it in a safe community of other believers, maybe in one of our life path groups, maybe in another one of our groups. As God brings healing to you, which is not contingent upon a response or lack of response from the other person, he will show you how to move, even cautiously, 
into the future, step by step. I don't claim that I have your specific situation figured out, but I know that God Almighty wants to walk with you in it, wants to walk with you through it. His prescription for all people was that we would honor fathers and mothers, but sin entered and everything got messed up. We're all sinful, every father, mother, and child that's ever walked the planet, and sin hurts relationships. Maybe that's why God was careful to give us good instruction. In the New Testament, in Ephesians, Paul reiterates the command to honor fathers and mothers, but he adds this word to parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Sin has made life very messy ever since the Garden of Eden. I know in the family I grew up in, we were sinful. I know in my family now, we're all sinful. And there's this dilemma where my three children are having to learn to honor Nick and me in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our imperfections. And we have a lot of those in our house. This past spring, just back in February, March, all five of us were very sick. We had that cough that never ends and the fever. It started simply enough, one kid home from school and then the next and then the next and then Nick got it and then I got it. We were sleep deprived, miserable, sick, grumpy. And finally, one day, we just said, hey, we're never going to beat this. So we decided we'd just all five go invade urgent care. So Nick was gone, but he agreed at this appointed time, I'll come home and we'll all go together. So I changed the kids' clothes, wiped their faces. I tried to make us as presentable as possible. And then just a few minutes before Nick got home, I loaded up the kids with my last bit of strength into the van and we backed out of the garage. I hit the button, but nothing happened. The door wouldn't close. A riot broke out among my three passengers, and they began to scream and yell against me like I was trying to toy with them by not closing the garage door. I was very frustrated. I was very weary, and my research shows that when everyone in the house is sick, Mom is who usually bears the brunt of it. End of research. (laughs) So my kids are crying and screaming. I'm exhausted. I get out of the van. I go into the garage. And even with the van doors closed, they were screaming and yelling. I could hear it. I couldn't figure out how to make the garage door go. And so I just grabbed the weed eater, bam, into the garage floor. Bam, bam, bam. It was like a nine iron in the hands of an angry golfer. (laughs) Of course, the minute I did it, I was sorry. I looked up and I realized Nick had pulled into the driveway. (laughs) And there he was, my three kids. I held the carnage of the weed eater And they just were staring at me in disbelief. (laughs) 
Nick, being the wise one that he is, didn't say a word. <laughs> he, he got out of his car and got in the van. And me, being the remorseful one, I didn't say a word either. I walked out of the garage and got in the van. And first time in recorded history of our family, we drove in silence. <laughs> all the way to urgent care. Five, six, seven minutes. It was the longest silence we'd ever known. When I just said, okay, everybody, and I tapped Nick in the driver's seat, I turned to my kids and I named them by name. And I said, I was wrong. I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? By the power of Holy Spirit in me, I did the only thing a guilty person can do. I apologized. Almighty God wants things to go very well for our families. As we close, I want us to think from three angles on this topic of honor your father and mother. First of all, the past. Is there something in the past that you need to apologize for? Is there something in the past that you need to begin to forgive? I'll even give a word of caution. Just because you apologize or just because you forgive, it doesn't necessarily mean that your parent-child relationship will be completely restored. But let me tell you this. When you apologize, when you forgive, you will be honoring your Father in heaven. And he will begin to do things inside you that I don't even have any words to describe. He'll transform you. When you consider the past, is there anything you need to apologize for? Is there anything you need to forgive? And then what about the present? How will you and I take this with us? Some examples that might be applicable to you. Young children can be obedient with a better attitude. Teenagers can be more respectful. Young adults could look back over those first 20 years and find a few things to express gratitude about. No matter what age we are, we can invite involvement. Maybe you will take the time to actually write a letter and give it to your parents or send it to them, and then they'll have your honoring words right there that they can read them over and over and over. Maybe you can become a better listener when they try to talk to you. Maybe you'll visit more or invite them to visit more. I am so convinced if you and I pray about this, if we ask God, he will show us what to do. How will we show honor to our mothers and fathers today? or this week, right in the present. And finally, the future. Think back to God's people there in the wilderness when he first spoke this message. 
Imagine the future they would have had if they would have walked with him in it. This past year, we studied the books of Samuel, and I think we all got pretty sick of the family dysfunction in God's people. What about us? Will we be the community that hears this message and by God's grace and power, will we begin to live it out more profoundly? I'm not saying it'll be easy, but it will be the right thing for us to do. God's heart was that the family would be this place where each and every member was secure, was safe, and that relationships were healthy. Imagine with me a future where we're dealing with the sins of the past appropriately, where we're giving appropriate honor in the here and now, Just think about that future. Think how it would change our homes. Think how it would change our neighborhood. Think how it would change our whole community. And imagine if it starts right here with us, if this might be a step toward our city becoming a city at peace with God. Honor your fathers and mothers is the first commandment with a promise. God said that the people who do it will have a long, full life in the land he gives them. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we do invite you to fall fresh. where we experience health and freedom, will you cause us to give you the glory? Where we need to hear something from you, whether it's about the past or whether it's about the here and now, will you let us hear from you? Will you let us know beyond a doubt that it's you who speaks and will you show us how to walk with you in it? And oh, when it comes to the future, would you let us be a people who honor you, our heavenly Father, above all else. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.